This is Apostle James Podcast, transfiguring the world by the Word of God and bringing joy to the faces of many. Remain watchful and pay attention as we dive into what the Lord has for us today. This is the goal. The goal. My topic today is the goal. And I will state the goal. I like the way the thing came. Last night when I began to pray. Before I slept. Suddenly the body came upon me to pray. I didn't even know when I slept. I think I was praying when I slept. So suddenly the body came upon me. Reduce the distance a little bit more. But let me hear it. Can I increase it a little bit more? Yes. No, increase it so that I can pick it up. Yes. Okay, good. You know, the, the burden the burden came. And it just became clear to my heart. Because if you are going to a place, you must have a target. If you're a marketer, you must have a target. If you're a marketer, you have a target amount you want to you want to you want to have. You want to make. If you're an industrialist, you must have a target. You must have a goal. And instantly I got it. And here is the goal. One million souls. That's that's the target. One million souls. This is not just it's not one million souls. It's not one million souls <coughs> for it's not one million souls. Uh, you know, you win on the street and they are out there. No. It's one million souls that are part of my movement. I'm going to explain. God made too many things clear to me. God made many things clear to me. The target is one million souls. Amen. 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 That's the target. One million souls. And when I hit one million souls, then I can say, Lord, call me home. <laughs> but I want to tell you that when I was going, I, 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 I took it beyond that. Let me tell you, that one million souls is in the city. But uh, it's in order not to bring confusion to any person's heart, just take it one million souls. So, Amen. Amen. But in the city where God sended me is one million souls for that city. One million souls. And they will move to another city, one million souls. Let not your heart be troubled. God showed me the secret. Amen. Amen. He, he showed me the secret and I'm going to read what the secret. I'm going to read what the secret. So let your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. 
you know when i was reading read mark let's turn the bible to mark chapter one there is comment that uh, there is comment in mark chapter one one minute so that's the target that's the purpose that's the goal a mark a mark chapter one and then uh, verse you know verse uh, 35 37 and he says and in the morning rising up a great while before day he went out and departed unto please give me water he went out and departed into a solitary place he rather departed into a solitary place and there prayed and Simon and they that were with him followed after after him verse 37 and when they have found him Thank you. And when they have found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. They say, All men seek for thee. And then the deck made a comment here and said, What a contrast between him and his modern followers who constantly seek crowds to fill their churches. Something began to run inside of me. Say, when this guy is saying that, I said, Peter, say, please, Jesus said, uh, that's a place Jesus, Jesus said, uh, you know, the Son of Man had come to seek and to save. Then I found it in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Jesus also said, The Son of Man has come to do what? To seek and to save that which was what? Lost, which is lost. So the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. So all men seek thee. And he said that this is the difference between this. No, Jesus went seeking. If you don't go seeking them, they will not come seeking you. Amen. 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 First of all, first of all, Jesus came from heaven and started seeking us. Is it not? So when he started seeking, then all men, when people saw what he has, eh, then they started seeking him. The angel begin to seek him. Jesus was not inside the closet. Are you getting that? And they started seeking him. No, he came out and then saw the people. He was passing by and began to preach in the open. I said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And they saw him and said, who is this one talking? Jesus climbed the mountain. And then when he sat down on the mountain there, he used mountain. You know that that is, you know, Jesus used technology, natural technology. You know, he used natural, he used wave to preach. He said, thrust a little bit into the sea. And he used wave to preach. Huh? He went to the mountain and sat there and he, he preached from the mountain. How will you talk to the crowd? He took advantage position. Amen. Amen. And that's why when he finished, then the leper came to him. And they said he was teaching like not one of the scribes. In fact, look at this thing now. See. Look at Matthew. Look at Matthew where Jesus began his ministry. There are certain things that we 
we need to balance. You must look at verse 13. Matthew chapter 4 from verse 13. It says, And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast, in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Nabulon, Zebulun, and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, Galilee of the Gentiles. And this is interesting, though. This is interesting. Galilee of the Gentiles. So do you know the very first people, like what I said, do you know the very people that Jesus went to? The Gentiles. This is very, very interesting. And that was why his ministry was well received initially. I, I, I have things to explain. You say one million souls. I want to tell you that we have much more than that to go for. Amen. Praise God. I'm so confident about what God, my agreement with the Lord. I'm so confident about it. That's our agreement. One million souls for God. And then he says, then look at this. I'm just seeing this for the first time again. You know, we read it and we'll pass by. Uh, the land of Zebulun, verse 15, and the land of Naphtali by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people we sat in darkness saw great light. And listen, and to them we sat in the region and shadow of death. Light has sprung. Verse 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach. And to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Was it the people that sat in darkness that saw Jesus first, or Jesus that went to them? Jesus went to them. They were in darkness. Jesus came as what? So when they saw the light, they started doing what? They started following the light. So Jesus first of all came. That's why God, first of all, anoints you in the closet. You will go out. There is no person at the market that knows the anointing of God on your life. Amen? Eh? People can't come to you except you, first of all, go to where they are. You must go to where they are. We must go to where they are. But first of all, you acquire the light. You get the light. When you get the light, you now move. Jesus, first of all, before Jesus went there, he came from heaven and went through the process. And then went through everything. After the baptism, he went for the temptation, the trial. And then experienced all the temptation. He was tempted as we are. And he had no sin. And overcame the devil. And then the very first thing he did was to go to the people that were in darkness. He located them and went and dwelt among them and became a light in their midst. Became their solution. Became the answer to their problem. Became their hope. They were sitting down in darkness. They were under the shadow of death. They had no solution. The solution came to them. So when they saw that solution, so when that solution moved, they followed. 
Amen. Amen. They followed. The good. You know, the first thing that Jesus did was to declare his vision. We still not I must be about my father's business. And then look at the thing that Jesus did here. Look at this. Verse 38. Mark chapter 1, verse 38. When they said, All men seek thee, he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. Jesus was always restating his purpose. You must always restate your goal. You must first declare your goal and you restate your goal. Our target is one million souls. It's our target. The target is one. My target is one million souls. One million congregants. Let not your heart be troubled. Amen. Amen. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Let not your heart be troubled. You know, we, we, do you know that you think that this is a, people think it's difficult, eh? You know why? Because they think you are the one that will do it. No, let not your heart be troubled. <laughs> Amen. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. When Jesus was 12 years old, Jesus declared his vision. He said to his parents, when the mother came and father said that we have been looking for you, he said in Luke chapter 2, he said, We still not, I must be about my father's business. We still not, I must be about my father's business. Then when he began that father's business, then he began to define it, the father's business. Say that I will preach, I will cast out devils. He began to define that. But he gave a lump sum that I have come for the father's business. The gospel is God's business. It's not your business. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Eh? Yeah. The gospel is what? It's God's business. It's not your business. It's God's business. So if you have a contract with God for one million, one million souls, amen, amen. should you bother yourself? You shouldn't bother yourself. You should be happy that God told you to do what? To give him one million souls. You should be happy. <laughs> Amen. You should be happy. It's, it's, it's a drop in the bucket for God. Who called you? Whose business is this? Is it your business? Huh? You declare it every day that God said what? God said give him one million souls. Give him one million congregants. Come on. That's what God said. That's the target. That's the goal. When I was praying last night, bye. I said, go one million souls. 
He laughed. Because he put it inside of me for the first time. You know, I used to say vision of 120,000 souls. What are you talking about 120,000 souls? What are you talking about this? Are you the one? You are not the one. Jesus said, don't you wish you not that will be about my father's business. Gospel business is the father's business. It's not your business. It's your father's business. It's his business. It's God's business. And if it is his business, eh, you are his employee. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You are just the employee of God. You are just God's employee. Now, now let's get to let's get to that scripture. Jesus operated as God's employee. Now, let me get straight to it. You see that this is not it's not something you bother yourself and worry yourself. Turn to the book of John chapter 6. John chapter 6. I love this. The God is one million. One million souls. You know, you know, I've been worried. I, you know, I, I was worried. I said, God, initially, you know, you know, I've been telling you, my wife, I've been talking to my wife. I said to my wife that, uh, I've been telling my wife that, you see, that since there, there was this city that God asked me to go to, asked us to go to, 2008. God gave us the city to go to in 2008. But I didn't go there. We didn't go there. You know, yesterday I was talking to her because God had been bringing back the calling and recalling this. That's why you see that I was talking about, including now that we're talking about podcasts and all the rest of them. You know, we are talking about, you know, the what happened in 1994 at 8 Kate, what happened at this place, what happened at this place, how God used it to save lives. God was only reminding you how God had been showing me visions, you know, that kind of a thing, returning to where we started in 1994, how you began all these things, preached all these things. God only trying to remind you, trying to remind me, until his word will come. Amen. To tell you, I have, I have a program with you. And we have not fine-tuned the program. So last night, ah, it became clear. When I was, you know, you know praying, it, I have not even started praying. But when I was just praying, it was, I was praying, I slept off. I said, one million souls. And then uh, when I began to study... And then I woke up and then I began to study. When I began to study to write the thing down, I began to write down, like I said, Jesus on several occasions always restated why he came. First at age 12. Then he declared that he must be about his father's business. Then when he began the father's business, he began to define it. And that mission is to save humanity from death and hell and give them eternal life. Then I began to write so many scriptures that were going on in my heart. I began to write them. John 3, 16. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave. That's the mission of Jesus. Jesus always declared it. Jesus came out and said, for God so loved the world. You must declare your goal. You must declare your purpose. You must always declare your goal. You must always declare your purpose. If your target is one million souls, you must declare it. You don't shy about it. 
If it's the target of this ministry, you will say it in announcement. Our target is one million souls. One million congregants is our target. You must declare your goal. Jesus came out. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only because that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. You see, Mark, where we read? The Mark where we read, he said, For this purpose I came. He told them, See, those people that are seeking me, they are doing well seeking me, but I have a purpose. I came to preach. He declared it again. You will reinforce it. You must reemphasize it. That is the way to run your vision. Like when we talk about the leadership, the workers' training time. We talk about that workers' training time. You must reemphasize it. We must reemphasize it. That our target is to congregate a million souls for Jesus. For God. For God. Amen. Amen. John 3 16. These are the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal of Jesus. He says, For God so loved that he gave only the only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. This is Jesus declaring his goal. You can't lose sight of your goal. What did I say? You cannot lose sight. Huh? You cannot lose sight of your goal. And you cannot lose sight of the fact that it is the Father's business. Never you lose sight that this gospel is what? Let's turn to John chapter 6. Jesus always declared his purpose. Jesus always declared why he came. You know, he began to break them down. You have the ultimate purpose. You have the continued purpose. You, but Jesus had the ultimate purpose. For example, John chapter 6. John chapter 6. And then I'm reading from verse 30. John chapter 6. I'm reading from verse 36. Jesus said, But I have said unto you, But ye also have seen me and believe not. Now listen, when I tell you one million souls, you think that who is going to bring it? You think I'm the one going to bring it? That's why, like what Dick said, Dick meant it. What he said was right. But what I'm also saying is very, very right. There is no way that one million souls will come to me if I don't first of all move out. I hear what I'm saying. If I don't first of all do what? I must first of all move out. I must first of all move out. And then when I move out, it's after that I move out, then they will start coming to me. Jesus first of all moved out. But he moved out at the time when it was time. Jesus, for example, look at this. Look at it. He says, 
But I have said unto you that you have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Huh? All that the Father giveth. Can you say all that the Father giveth me? Can you say all that the Father giveth? Amen. You see, salvation ministry is God's business. Can I hear you say it? He gives the souls. He gives the members. He gives the congregation. Huh? All that the Father giveth me shall come to see. If you have congregation, it is because that the Father has given them to you. If you have men, it is because God has given you. If you don't have, it is because God has not given you. Remember, Jesus came to save all, to draw all men to himself. Remember that's what Jesus said. And I, if I be lifted up, we do what? We draw all men unto me. Yet, he said, you have seen me, but you do not do what? Believe me. All that the Father giveth me shall come unto so with means. Are you getting it? God has not called you to save every person. Hello. Do, do you see that this thing that people you can't struggle and quarreling with somebody, you're quarreling with some the people that have their own congregation. Huh? No, you don't need to. Huh? Jesus came to save all, to draw all men unto himself. Huh? But only those that the Father eh, gives him, eh, that comes to him, he ultimately saves. You know, when I was thinking about this so deeply, I said, I say, what of these people? So does it mean that these other people like that? You know, I still go back to ask the same question that we used to ask. Look at the time of Jesus. Look at the time of Jesus. Many people did not believe. They saw Jesus physically. They didn't believe Jesus. And there were those. He came to save all. But not all will believe him. You know, there are implications here. Let me give the two, two major implications in this place. Number one implication is that this business is not your business. It is the Father's business. Amen? And then, the implication that it is the Father's business means the Father will bring them. How will the Father bring them? You must do what? You must pray to the Father. You must ask the Father to give you. Amen. And it means that the Father will sponsor it. I, I get what I'm saying. 
It's not your business. The Father has chosen to give you a million congregation. What do you do? Every day, every night, you are thanking him, you are praying for that one million congregation. You declare it. It's your covenant with God. It's not your business. It is God's business. In other words, Jesus said he does not go for every person, though he wants every person. Did he hear me? Jesus said he does not do what? He doesn't go for every person, though he did what? He came for what? Every person. So in our life, but all that come to us, he said, but all, he said in verse 37, then he said in verse 37, he says, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and he that come to me, I will in no wise cast out. So, if anyone comes, he will not cast him out. He will accept anyone that God brings. He came for all, but that does not mean he goes for all. Huh? You know, the implication is this. It has a whole lot of implication. This means that salvation is God's business. Amen? Amen. And therefore, partnership with God. Praise God. Amen? In fact, not partnership, but God's business. Eh? We live for His will. Look at verse 8, 38. Look at verse 38. It says, For I came from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. So, the gospel business is not your will. It's not your purpose. It's not your business. It is not your, it's not your own. It is the will of God. It is the purpose of God. It is the business of God. So, you don't live for yourself. You live for God. You live because you live according to the will and purpose of God. Praise the Lord. It's God's business. It's not your business. So when 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 you are praying and then you have you have this this thing, pie, you give me one million souls. How do you say thank you, Father? <laughs> Amen. Amen. What do you say? What what? Do you know that after I began to meditate upon it, and I remember the needs that I have, I laughed. You know, the next day I laughed. You know what I laughed? In the morning, when I laughed, I said, thank you that I had a focus. I wasn't pursuing it, but pursuing God's business. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> one, million, one million gives one one, one, one dollar. Amen. Oh, come on. I hear what I'm saying. Yeah, one million gives one one dollar. I, I, I say, ah! But believe you me, there was, I was just, he made it so clear. It's so simple. You are not the one going to bring them, but do you know what you do? On your knees. On your knees. Can you say on your knees? On your knees. On your knees. Say on your knees. On your knees. And living for God. That's all. 
It's the order the Father giveth me. How will the Father give you if you don't ask Him? Are you getting that? Order the Father giveth me. So you will ask, amen. amen. So we will ask Him for the million souls, amen. amen. All that we need to do all the days of our life of this transfiguration apostolic mission, amen, is to ask Him for the million souls, amen. Amen. All that the Father, you can, Jesus is. Jesus said, ask and it shall be given unto you. Eh? He that asketh, receiveth. If you don't ask, you cannot have. You see why I was praying? That the solution to your need is in the purpose of God. You know, I began to think again. I said, see, God gives you one million congregation. Then God will give you the space for one million, is it not? Amen. Eh? Somebody say, God will give you. The more God, the more God is expanding. It's not your business. Say it's not my business. Say it's not my business. It's the Father's business. What's our duty? To ask him every day. You lift up your hand and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you give us. Eh? Bring them. Can you say, Lord, bring them? But you will set the place where they will come, is it not? You will set the place. And if it is the business of God, then he will give you the capital, is it not? He's going to give it to you. He's going to define it, the goal. You know, I was so confused. I became confused because everything you hear is just prosperity. It's not that this prosperity is not part of it. You get confused. Do you see I'm not talking about need? I'm talking about the salvation of men. I'm talking about the, the saving of men. I'm talking about the first aspect of it. Jesus said, now look at what Jesus said. Now look at what Jesus said. Jesus said, he says, verse 39, And this is the Father's will, which has sent me, that of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing. They should raise it up again at the last day. So the primary thing is to give them eternal life. You can't shy away from it. This thing restored by the purpose of God for my life. The purpose. For example, you are going for a meeting today. I know with that God has called me to preach, to give eternal life to people. I know with that the fundamental purpose. You know, as I was studying, Jesus was declaring. Jesus declared why he came. You must declare it. If not, you lose it. People, Jesus could have lost himself to the crowd and began to, you know, minister to those crowd that came. Jesus said, eh, see, I came to preach to other people. For this purpose, I came. Let us go over to the other side. Let me also go and preach. And he went there to preach because he knew his purpose. You must keep your purpose before you. The fundamental purpose of Jesus coming, the primary purpose, the very first thing he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, they should have everlasting life. The primary purpose of God coming is to give you eternal life. Do you know what I discovered? Look at chapter that chapter 6. And then look at verse 44. Now there's something I saw. In that place, there's something I saw. That chapter C, there's something I saw in that verse 44. There's something I saw. There's something I saw. 
Now look at this. There's something I saw. Jesus said, No man, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. Are you getting that? See, you cannot have respect any man of God that has congregation. God gave him to him, gave them to him. Huh? Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't criticize them. Pray for your own. Pray for your own. Don't criticize any man of God. If if the people are naked, he's God. He's God. Amen. I, I say he's God. His God gave them to him. He's God. It may not be your God because your own God is, is your own God will not give you people that are naked. But his own God gave him people that are naked. Are you get what I'm saying? So he knows who his God is. Huh? Be respect that man. Because his God is powerful. To have given him people that agree to be naked in his church. Respect that person. Respect, respect, respect that person. <laughs> Amen. But now look at what I saw. It struck me. Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me, drawn him. And he says, And I will raise him up at the last day. And I will raise him up at the last day. Then uh, he says, uh, um, wh What is that scripture? That's a scripture that I read. He first of all talked about uh is that about that uh, what is that scripture uh he says uh, uh yeah okay verse 40 is verse 40 look at verse 40 look at verse 40 is verse 40 is verse 40 now look at this there are two things there even if you look at your king james you will see there is a semicolon because there are two things. He says, and this is the will. Now listen. This is the will of him that sent me. That everyone will see it, the son and believe it on him may have everlasting life. And he said, colon. And I will raise him up at the last day. Let me tell you. When do you have everlasting life? When do you have everlasting life? Yes? When do you have everlasting life? When do you have everlasting life? When do you receive everlasting life? When you receive Jesus. You receive everlasting life now. And then you are raised up later. There are two different things. Remember, every person will partake of resurrection. Huh? I get what I'm saying. Every person will partake of this resurrection. So you receive everlasting life now. And then you receive resurrection later. 
So the primary thing that the church should preach is to ensure that every believer has by faith received everlasting life. And you are sure that you have received everlasting life that comes by believing in Jesus Christ. That is the primary thing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but should have everlasting life. But that does not mean that you are being taken away from the world because after that everlasting life, there is another life that Jesus gives you, abundant life. Jesus declared his mission. You know, he said, it's the father business. Can you guys look at me? It's the father business. Amen. Because you must keep it before you. Do you know that we have removed the fundamental of Jesus coming, which is everlasting life? And what do you do to hear this everlasting? You must be conscious of it. You must receive it. You must live for it. You can lose it. You can lose this everlasting life. That is the fundamental reason he came. But Jesus kept explaining because each time Jesus will explain why he came. Then in John chapter 10 verse 10, he said the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. Are you killed in heaven? Where is death? Down here on earth. But he said, I have come that you may have life and life more what? So Jesus is talking about two things there. One is what? Yes. And what are the kind of life he's talking about here now? Abundant life. And then when you are not killed, he's talking about what? When you are not killed here. When Satan cannot kill you. When sickness does not kill you. So what kind of life is that? Yeah? He says it's everlasting life. It means that we have not been declaring the vision. Do you see? What kind of life is it that God gave me understanding? Long life. Yes, what kind of life? Three lives that Jesus Christ gave to us. You see, we, you more dec- if you don't declare your vision, you lose your vision. Jesus came fundamentally, number one, to give you... No. Jesus, number one, that Jesus came to give us his word. Number two is what? Abundant life. The first one is eternal life. The second one is what? Abundant life. The third one is what? Long life. Do you know what we take? We now take we concentrate on the abundant life that Jesus truly gives and remove the eternal life that is the fundamental. You must live for Jesus to enter there. You must live for Jesus. First, you must believe him, you must receive him, and you must live for him. Because that eternal life is the life of God. Are you hearing me? Abundant life is your own life. 
But eternal life is what? God is speaking something. I said abundant life is your what? Is the life you live. But eternal life is what? If you have received eternal life, which is the life of who? Then you must it must show in your life. It means it is the nature of God. Is somebody hearing me? You can't say you have eternal life, which is the life of God, and you are speaking the character of the devil. Huh? You know, these are the things that Jesus is calling me again to explain to the world. And no person should take you away from this. You must know your purpose, one million souls for eternal life. That is the primary calling. But you see, these women, I have not called them to be taken out of this world. But you receive eternal life. Say, I will raise you up on the last day. You don't know the last day. But now you have everlasting life. And if you have everlasting life, it means you have the life of God. Then you will, that everlasting life will rule your life. Will control your life. Will do everything. Because that life gives life to your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That eternal life is the life of God. Is the nature of God. Then it begins to control you, manifest through you. Control everything that you do. You can't say you have eternal life, which is the life of God, and you are not living for God. No, you have not received eternal life. If you receive eternal life, it will control you according to the will of God. Because eternal life is the will of God. You must live according to the will of God because you have received the life of God. Then Jesus said, the thief comes to cut down the life of people. But he says, I have come that they may have life and life life more abundantly. Amen. And then the other life that Jesus came to give. Long life. In John chapter 11, verse 25 to 27. You know, Jesus extended the Lazarus life. You understand it? He extended it. Lazarus was cut short. But Jesus extended his life. Huh? He extended Lazarus' life. Death cut it short. But Jesus cut off the death. And extended the life of Lazarus naturally. Huh? That's the primary context of John chapter 11, verse 25 to verse 26 to verse 27. That's the primary context. What Jesus was talking about there, he was simply talking about long life. He blended it with eternal life. He said, Jesus answered, verse 25. The man said, verse 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me 
shall never die. Believe thou this. That 25 and 26. Why was Jesus talking about this? Because Lazarus had been cut short. It wasn't eternal life. Eh? He was talking about the Lazarus natural life. He that believes in me will not die. Amen. Amen. That death will not kill you when you believe Jesus. You will live out your life. And you have the capacity to use the name of Jesus to live as much as you want to live. Amen. That's long life. So which means that you believe in Jesus, you have eternal life. Amen. Amen. You believe in Jesus, you have abundant life. Then you believe in Jesus, you have long life. Long life means that death will not, will not snuff out your life. That's the full gospel. But do you know that we have removed... Eh? We have, in fact, we don't, even, we don't even preach long life. We don't preach long life. We don't preach uh, eternal life. And we think that every person that just... Uh, you live as you want to live, you go to heaven. This is one of the worst things that is happening right now. You know, before, there was something that you said the other day. There was something, you said something that you said before, that in those days, can you use the microphone and say something? There was something you said, you know, about the people that in the days when we got born again, people will leave traditional churches and come to the Pentecostal churches because... Can you explain it? Say, say it again. If I can still remember how yes, it uh, came to my spirit that day. Yes. I said that, you know, it was just opening in my heart that in those days that when um, one gets born again, encounters Jesus in this, in the, maybe, maybe their family church, kind yes. of thing, or the Orthodox church. Yes. You find the person moving out now to to enter into charismatic church charismatic pentecostal church where they speak in tongues yes but you find that now and when you when you are in that church everybody there then yes you know that they are believers they will they will tell you that this one didn't they yes. they say that this is in the church in the church yeah even the people who, the people that go to church will call these people yeah in the church in the church the church of Grahoro. Yes. Something like that. And you, when you enter there, you know that you are among believers. Yes. You will feel it. You feel it. But you find out now that these churches now. Yes. People that are there. Yes. In these new churches of now. Yes. You, when you see them, you know that they are stuck on believers. On believers. They do whatever they want to do. They do what they want to do. They talk the way they want to talk. Yes. Stay all unbelievers. You, all you will hear is bless you. Bless all you hear is bless you. God bless you. It is well. That's the kind of word you'll be hearing. But then, then, when we got born again. 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 From the church that you were born in. Exodus is coming. Move, you move to the new church. This is. You know that you are among brethren. Ishakata Maraba. You know that you are in a living church. Tell me something. And when you are praying, you know Preach that you are brethren in a living church. Preach it. And then when you go out. Ikatoso. When you go out. Yes. From the church, you know that you went to, to, to church. But now, in this church of now. In Dosaka. God have mercy. God have mercy. In this church of now, Ikakuyata. you find out that the person sitting near to you is a stake unbeliever. Stake 
second believer. But the church is a living church. But the church. What is happening is now? What is happening? The church is a living church. Supposedly. Supposedly a living church. That's what is happening. Don't I'm not taking it. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said you have a reputation that you are alive, but you are dead. There is trouble. There is trouble. Let me tell you. That is why you will not understand why God passes you through horrible things that He allowed us to pass through. Do you think that 35 years of ministry and God closed up your church? And you knew that God closed up your church because when I closed the church in 2017, God told me to close the church. And I closed the church in 2017 because one, my life. I was praying the other day and God said to me, in those days you were asking me for power. Remember what you said to me. What did I say God said to me in those days? He said if I give you power. Say it because say it, yes. You, you said that if... God said to me, yes. God said to you that he gives you power that people will think he's an unrighteous God. He will still think he's an unrighteous God. Do you know that why God will take power from me? That was before I married you. God said if I gave my power, people will think I'm an unrighteous God. Do you know that God has kept people and pass you through phases so that there will be an exodus. Exodus from the so-called charismatic and Pentecostal churches. Because like what you say, there is trouble. You ask the question, so I picked up from there, then you continue to talk. You know that kind of a thing, because you are talking, there is trouble. Connect back to your anointing. You ask the question, what is it? Jesus said, people have reputation to be alive, but you are dead. And you don't know you are dead. No person feels it. You don't feel the impact. You think that Jesus will allow it? It's not going to take it. Come on, go ahead and talk more. Talk more. Preach with me. <laughs> Whenever you are talking, I will not cut you off. The burden is upon you. That's why after 35 years, God said now a million souls. Do you know the city that he, you know that city we would have gone? I took up my, I took up my this in, I took up the in the the internet, and then I said the population of that city. What was the population of the city fifteen years ago? You know what I received? I said, this is what God wanted me to hear, to see. According to report, that city grows 1.1 million new people every year. This was after God had already said to me 1 million souls. Amen? Amen. Are you hearing me? I only found that that city grows 1.1 1.1 million every year for eight years. So, do you know how many million people that have entered there? 8 point. So, there are more people there now than where when God initially said go. Amen. So, we mean there are more souls. <laughs> Amen. So, with this, it is easier now to do it now than before. 
and even in the land where we are. So that is the message. So God began to bring it back. There are three kinds of life. There is a fundamental purpose that Jesus came and that is for the salvation. For your salvation. For the salvation of humanity. You believe in Jesus, you have eternal life. And eternal life means the life of God. And life of God means that God lives his life through you. That's why Paul said, it's no longer I that live it, but Christ that live it in me. The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You no longer live for your life. When you receive that life, you transit from Acts of Apostles to Romans, from Romans to Corinthians, from Corinthians to you know Galatians, from Galatians to Ephesians, from Ephesians to Colossians, Colossians, Philippians, from Philippians to you know Philippians to uh, what do you call Thessalonica, first and second. From there, you move on ahead. Now, when you enter into that place, you now realize that you don't live for your life. So what people are living, they are not living the life of the church. They are living the life of believing in Jesus and receiving abundant life, not eternal life. If you receive eternal life, you live the life of God. And that is the life of the church. The church is a holy place. The church is a place of sacrifice and, and consecration of life. It's a place of sanctification. That ye are washed. Huh? He said, but ye are what? Uh, you, uh, uh, he said, uh, uh, so we are you. First Corinthians chapter 6. First Corinthians chapter 6 from verse 9. First Corinthians chapter 6 from verse 9. Now look at what it says. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 from then, Know ye not, know ye not, that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Make no mistakes about it. This is after you have received eternal life. If you receive eternal life, you must live according to Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Uh, this, you must read it. Because it's for the church. Jesus went to the Gentiles and preached to them. Huh? Because he would have destroyed the Jews. But it was necessary so that the Jews would kill him. When you have received eternal life, you must live the life of the church. Many came to Jesus and received abundant life. You come to Jesus, you receive abundant life. You come to Jesus, he stops death and gives you long life. But if you say, if you say that if you say that you are in him, you must live according to Romans chapter 1 to chapter 16. And 1 Corinthians chapter 1 to chapter 16. And 2 Corinthians chapter 1 to chapter 13. 
and Philippians chapter 1 to chapter 4 and Galatians chapter 1 to chapter 6 Philippians chapter 1 to chapter 4 you must live according to Colossians chapter 1 to chapter 4 you must live according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 to chapter 5 you must live according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 to chapter 3 you must live according to Timothy you must live according to Titus according to Timothy you must live according to Philemon you must live according to Hebrews you must live according to James you know you must live according to Peter you must live according to John and you must be afraid of revelation if you are a member if you receive eternal life you can have Jesus that is where Paul comes in that is where Peter comes in that is where the apostles come in you cannot receive Jesus and then you can be like the people that received Jesus and got miracles and left if you are living your life not according to rook of Romans according to all that is written see the Bible says the Jews must live according to all that is written as a member of the church you must live according to all that is written Eh? <laughs> for the church eh? you must live according to what is written if you are going to look at what it says here see look at what the Bible says it says here chapter 6 huh? in fact let me read from chapter 5 verse 6 your glory is not good know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump push out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump because you have received eternal life you must fight this monster you must fight the sin you must resist it the bible said that jesus resisted to the shedding of blood you cannot live a lascivious life you cannot live a careless life you cannot that is the eternal life you must work out your salvation with fear and trembling it doesn't stop with believing jesus and receiving jesus that is what is lost and you live as you want to live you call on jesus even the devil will make a request in the name of jesus christ you are not different from the devil then jesus said there the paul said to them that is where they comes in but if you want to make contact want to get saved read the gospels but after that you are saved <laughs> read the read i read from romans huh? If you want to know the life of the church, you must read from Romans. You must live according to all that is written. Because it has already been written. And then look at what it says there. And then look at what it goes on. It says, verse 9. Look at verse 9. It says, look at verse 9. In fact, verse 8, it says, verse, eight, verse 7 of that place says, Put out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us therefore let us keep the feast not with old leaven keep the feast not with what not with old character because in those traditional churches you do what you wanted to do you did whatever you wanted to do whatever even the reverend will ask you, is this your girlfriend? They say, oh, your girlfriend. Huh? I mean, even, I mean, in the traditional church, 
Oh, oh no, yeah, oh no, girlfriend. Yes, yes, it's your girlfriend. Huh? Eh? The 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 priest. Some of them. We follow you and drink. The the listen, the gin, the dry gin, with you. Huh? It didn't make any difference, and they respect them. But it's a priest. But there is no difference between your life. You pray to Jesus, Jesus still heals you. They pray to Jesus, and Jesus will heal you. That is the danger. Because the glory is lost. Remember these churches. Most of them have lost the glory of God. Remember most of them lost the spirit of God. And that's why you call them traditional churches. They follow tradition. That's why you call them traditional churches. And what we have now is traditional Pentecostal and charismatic churches. You know, when God is calling, I hear what I'm saying. When God is calling, he will make this clear to you. I said, I got confused. Why did I abandon my postgraduate? Why did I abandon business? Why did I abandon all those things? I got confused. And little children will be so to you because they think you don't have money. But one thing that God kept my focus, I was not looking at the challenges. I was looking at this small voice inside and I didn't know how it was going to come. But suddenly I found it and I found the scripture. You know, it was gradually. I told us here, I said, read the Gospels. And I began to read it. And I began to discover gradually like that. And it became very clear. And he said, this is the mandate. One million souls. And it is very clear. And all those things that you knew before, they began to come together. And now look at us, I'm talking. Look at the answer. If you dwell only on the Gospels, you can receive miracles. But if you, if you are going to make heaven, you must live from Romans. Yeah? You must live according to what Paul, what Holy Ghost has given to us from the book of Romans to Revelation. To Jude. Because revelation is future. Revelation is future. For the members of the church. Do you know what the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2? Verse 19. Can you read it? Read it with microphone. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 19. Look at what the Bible says there. What I read here. So if you have transited... Come on, somebody else, you open face Testament chapter chapter one. Look at them when you become a member of the church, it has a standard. That is what God is doing. God is going to restore it. Prosperity, abundant life will be there. We have seen it, we have seen this hell. And know that you are you should give up everything you should give up for the sake. That is why that's why that this one is a call. Amen. It says that us people are going to come out from uh, eh? people are going to come out from the from the charismatic and Pentecostal churches. Are you getting that? And do you know that's what God gave the revelation a long time ago? You know, from John chapter 2. Huh? 
last one God gave. So God began to speak it. They will go there. Amen. You know, you have to do is to pray. Look at Second Timothy chapter 2. So when you not come in, if you come in, yes, look at what it says. Yes. Nevertheless, Yes, the foundation of God stands sure. Having this seal, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are His. The Lord knoweth them that are His. And let everyone that nameth the name of. Christ. You see, He says, if you name the name of Christ, depart from iniquity. You must depart from what? Iniquity is not your definition. Iniquity is God's definition. Eh? Iniquity is not your definition. Iniquity is evil doing, like my daughter said in Acts James. Iniquity is evil doing. Anything and everything that is contrary to divine will is what? So if you have received eternal life, you must depart from what? It is the complete gospel. You cannot say you have eternal life and you don't, you still live as you want to live. No. You can't. You cannot. Tell me how many million souls that are there. Do you know that you have more, more souls that are going to work, more than a million souls that will come out immediately? I hear what I'm saying. I hear what I'm saying. And that's why, do you know that's why God allowed you guys to go through the crisis you went through? People will now come and go through and say, wow, is that the reason? Now we understand why God, this is why God allowed people to go through your crisis. That's why God allowed you to go through the crisis you went through. So that when people now go through and say, what is this guy talking about? He say, this guy doesn't like money. You know he doesn't like money. Is that God never allowed him to compromise the gospel because of money. Huh? I hear what I'm saying. Yeah. And he suffered tremendously with his family because he never compromised the gospel because of eh? money. You never compromise the gospel. That, that's your message. And if I didn't compromise it, then what would you do sacrifice? What is better for you? What is more precious to you? If God took those things from me, then what is it that you cannot give up? Hallelujah. Do you see that it's making a lot of sense? Are you getting that this is making sense? It's making a whole lot of sense. The foundation of God stands to with this thing. That God knows those who are his. Praise the Lord. Amen. So you have eternal life now. Now you are going to have resurrection later. Now look at that first Corinthians chapter 6. Know ye not, verse 9. If I continue to read there like this, verse 8 there, chapter, if I read chapter 5, verse 9, it says, I wrote unto you in, in an epistle, not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters. For then must ye needs go out of this world. Eh? But now I have written unto you, not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a, cov a fornicator, a covetous, what is being covetous? Idolater. 
a railer, a drunkard, or a stationer, we search and warn, no, not to eat at all. Are you hearing that? So you cannot say you have eternal life and you are a drunkard. Huh? You cannot say you have eternal life. Are you getting that? And you are a railer. It, it doesn't touch you. Just like that project I read for you. That person said, it's not that there is anything wrong with my making up. But I wanted to do it. I didn't feel comfortable. And I stopped it. Are you getting that? The Holy Spirit takes over. It's not that something is wrong with it. As she said. Yeah? But there are some express things that God says. There are some express things. And then look at it then. And then look at chapter 6, verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now listen. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Receiving eternal life is to receive the life of God to resist all these things. Huh? Receiving eternal life is to receive the grace, to receive the will, to receive the power of God within you, to resist all this. And temptation of Satan is to make you to live according to all these things that are contrary to the life of God, of heaven. And the moment you are living it, you are living the life of the devil here, claiming that you have eternal life. You are not living the life of the church. That's what the church is. And that's the church that God wants us to build. A comprehensive church. The church here, you have a choice, but the truth will be told you. If you are a member of the church, and that is what will take place in the discipleship classes. Are you getting what I'm saying? In the discipleship classes, you teach on the fundamentals of Christianity. The fundamentals of the faith. But in the main service, we teach Jesus. Are you getting that? The main service is about who? It's Jesus. But when you have accepted Jesus, we take you to the discipleship class. And tell you what it means to have received who? Jesus. And then in the midst of it, whosoever that comes to us, we will in no wise what? If you come naked, we give you a rabbi, you cover. Are you getting that? Huh? We will not send you away. But for you to be a member of the church, we will teach you according to Romans, according to 1 Corinthians, according to Galatians, according to... Are you getting that? So it is not enough 
that you have received Jesus of the Gospels. And then you don't live according to the Holy Spirit of Romans. <laughs> Amen. That is what is lacking right now. That is what is lacking. And that is why there is another call. Amen. And God will not do it in the same system. Do you know what that Jesus did? You know that Jesus came. Jesus, Jesus allowed Judaism to continue. Jesus did not abrogate Judaism. Jesus created his own. Are you getting that? He, 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 so God will allow the old Pentecostals to continue. Allow the old Charismatics to continue. Amen. The he that comes to me, I will in no wise do what? The Jew comes to me, I will in no wise come down. Do what? The old Charismatic comes to us, you will in no wise do what? Uh, the, the, the new Charismatic come to you, you will in no wise do what? I, are you getting that? So it becomes very clear. Amen. That is the goal. Can I hear you say the goal? Can I hear you say the goal? Amen. That is the goal. Amen. Salvation is God's business. Say salvation is God's business. Say it is God's business. Amen. So we live according to His way. Praise the Lord. Amen. This is why the Savior, small Savior, must be God's servant living only for the will of God. He must pray for God to give to him his own followers. Amen? Amen. So who will give us the one million? Jesus. God. God will give. Eh? It's God that will give. Jesus will save. Holy Ghost will sanctify them. Amen. Do you know we have written about this? Salvation is a process. You must pray to God. Now let me tell you why it is God. You know, you know, God is not just about salvation. God is about your blessing. Are you getting that? God brings people to church to bless them. Look at this. See, this is very. This is. You know, I've been saying this. I say that in our church, we say that it is God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah? And you need to understand why it is God, Jesus. Everything about Old Testament is blessing, material. Everything about Jesus, most things about Jesus is about your soul, eternal life. Are you getting that? The Holy Spirit is understanding this salvation and living it out, dealing with the life, sanctification, living separated life. Are you getting that? So, it's not Jesus that brings you. It is God that brings you. That God you believe outside. Because God is universal. You can believe God without salvation. So if you believe God, God will lead you to a place where you will be saved. But you will not be forced to be saved. You will make a choice to believe Jesus. That is why the church must preach Jesus. You preach God, you preach Jesus, you preach the Holy Spirit. In preaching God, God will bless you. It doesn't matter who you are. Because he gives his strength both on the good and the bad. But to be saved must be by believing his son Jesus. And that is what the church does to preach Jesus. That's why Jesus said, 
See, no person can come to me except God has given him to me. Which means that God reaches you. It doesn't matter whether you are, whether you are a voodoo, whether you are an occult man. God talks to you. God tells people, go to church. You can't come to church except God has brought you. So we should respect any person that comes to church. Because God brought that person. But do you know that most of the time they come to church we don't present Jesus? Do you know that people don't find Jesus? Remember that that somebody one time that I, I was, I ministered Holy Ghost to. You know, gave his life to Christ in, in, my, in, in one of our meetings. And then I began to talk about Holy Spirit. And he said that he had been in the church, their church, for 14 years. And he never heard about the Holy Spirit. I said, what kind of church is that? 14 for 14 years. And he had never heard. No person ministered to him, talked to him about, about baptism of the Holy Spirit. No person talked about baptism of the Holy Spirit. When I was communing with God last night, I said to God that this thing will be this will be one million tongue speaking, Holy Ghost filled and tongue speaking believers. Huh? I mean, full of abundance. The one million saved, tongue speaking. Every person will be baptized with the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in tongues. The way the church, church is different from a religious center. There were religious centers in the time of Paul. I've gone apostolic now. All I've been talking about is almost apostolic. You know that? Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. I will not be I will not be keeping us that long. Amen. I'm just declaring. Next week, we are going to begin that from 7 a.m. We are going to follow that order by next week. Amen. Amen. So, by this passage, let me conclude. By this passage, John chapter 6, 35 to 44, Jesus implies also that he does not waste his energy on those the Father has not given to him. Eh? You don't waste your energy. You know he's speaking to me. Because you know as a universal apostle, I tell you that you should know what is going on in other churches. No, don't waste your energy. Eh? He tells the others who are not yet part of his food the truth which they do not like to hear. Are you getting that? Like what I'm sharing here. Eh? Many people in many places will not like to hear it. But you tell them the truth. Because your sheep will love it. Are you getting that? And those who love the truth will come to you. Don't water the truth because of people that don't believe in you. Jesus said, you have seen me, you don't believe. But all that the Father gives me shall come to me. And I tell them the truth. My sheep hear my voice and they believe in me. So will I water my truth because of you? Will I change God's purpose and calling because of you? No, Jesus said, I will tell you this and it will be preached. And when I preach it and I tell you the truth, then... It is your choice because this truth is what will set you free from the bondage that you are in. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, definitely those who do not believe in you will not like everything you preach. True of us. Eh? They will not receive it because they are not your sheep. 
Your sheep hears your, your voice. Amen. That's what Jesus said. My sheep does what? Yeah. Hear my voice. And those that love your, hear your voice are your sheep. And they will be glad. And then they will come unto you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Lord, shall we pray? If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check us out online via Apostle James Podcast on YouTube, Facebook, and everywhere podcasts are available. Thank you for your support. Be blessed and have an awesome day. We will see you next time on Apostle James Podcast.